Welcome to the Color Mania Show, where we glorify God and we talk about family topics. So today we're going to talk about the famous S word. Yes, that is going to be one of the topics we're going to talk about today. We've got my husband here who's going to start us out. We're going to be talking about, so why is this so important for our families to talk about? Well, first of all, like what is the S word? I mean, that's kind of what I, in a fun way, kind of describe it because the S word meaning sex, it's a word that just is even hard to say, much less this is a topic that we've got to talk with our kids about. It's part of our parental duty to guide them on this very important topic, yet it's hard even just to say the word sex. So I jokingly just, it makes me uncomfortable to say it. So I, I tend to call it the S word to kind of... You know, in a fun way, show how that it's it's a hard topic to talk about, but it's it's a topic. It's a blessing from God yes. if it's done His way, but it's also something that can cause much harm yeah. if it's not done His way. And you just look how much harm there's in the world there is from the S word: exploitation, infidelity, uh-huh, heartache, yeah. unwanted pregnancy, yes. disease. In an area where God intended great fulfillment. And blessing, and of course, we as parents want the great fulfillment and blessing side of this for our children, and yeah. and avoid all the problems of being outside of of God's will in this area. But the world is just constantly pushing this. I mean, it's just all around us. It's everywhere. We hear it. We see it on TV. I mean, and even when we bring it into the church, it's just such a topic that people just run from and just our brothers and sisters in Christ. They, they just don't want to talk about it. So how do we combat this? How do we really get deep and really follow the word of God in this? Right. Cause it's, it's countercultural. I mean, you have the rest of the culture that says everything goes right. As long as there's consent, I'm not hurting anyone, but are you not hurting anyone? I mean, if, if you're outside of God's design, People are hurt, either spiritually or emotionally or even physically. I mean, we, we see all the statistics if we care to look at them. You know, I mean, 88% of the population has had sex before marriage. 80% wow. of the Christian world. So not much def- difference in the Christian world. Um, 76%, almost 80% of the Christian world says that sex before marriage is wrong. Yet they're still doing it. They're going the way of the culture. 40% of professed Christian youth are currently in a sexual relationship. And and what's the result? The result is one in four teenagers have an STD, or the current term now is STI, sexually transmitted infection. Names just change constantly around here. (laughs) One in three teenagers will get pregnant or get someone pregnant. With innocent victims of abortions, hundreds of thousands of abortions each year. And that's a hot topic today. Right. So, so how do, you know, as parents and Christian evangelical parents, we struggle with how to present God's message in against a worldly backdrop that says everything goes, you know, do we go with the approach of safe sex or like I jokingly like to say it's sins easier and safer, right? Sin safer. It's to save them from some of the consequences. Or do we go to the approach that maybe we present God's message as a bunch of don'ts, you know, with a bunch of shame and guilt and fear. Sex is bad. There's disease. Unwanted pregnancy is an awful thing. So save it for your future spouse. You know, just say no. Or do we avoid the topic? 
which tends to be the the common method uh, yeah. these days is just to avoid it altogether. Or if we feel it's our parental duty, let's just have this one twenty minute awkward conversation with our teenager, one and done. We did our duty. Off we go. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like just, what do we do as parents? What's the right. what's the best approach here to teach this to our exactly. children? Exactly, and we want to be deeper followers of Jesus Christ. We truly want to do that, and sometimes we just adopt things of the world and it becomes almost like just it's okay for you to live together or it's okay for you to do these things or experience these things. So I am definitely with you because of course you're my husband, but I definitely believe that the body is the temple of Christ and we have to protect it. We have to really remain steadfast in that. So what what else? I mean, what can we do? How do we teach this? Well, you know, my focus when I was trying to learn about this was trying to look at what is the best practices out there, that phrase mm-hmm. that you hear. You know, what is what are the strong evangelical teachers on the subject saying and giving guidance to parents how to present this to my child? Because I want to be the primary one yes. that teaches my child. I want to lay down God's values, mm-hmm. speak for God mm-hmm. um, and the Bible as to what um, is his design and his way of doing things. What's going on out in the world is just the opposite. Kids tend to learn this subject, the S word from the internet or the media or their peers. And they might learn some from the school, but what kind of values is attached to that from the school Hardly any child reports that they learned this from their parents or the, or the church. The parents and the church are largely mm. silent on this. It needs yeah. to be the exact opposite. The parents need, yeah. need to be the primary ones. We have the most influence if we take, care to take advantage of it. Every study in the world shows that parents have the primary influence, good or bad, on their, on their children yeah. if we care to take advantage of actually using that influence to teach them. So I want to be the first to talk about it. The church hopefully will back me up in what I'm teaching. The school, if they're in the school, hopefully they will back up the values that that I'm teaching. And the last thing I want is for the peers in the internet and the media to be teaching my child because that's just all over the place. Yeah, and it's just so, such a strong influence, so strong that it's hard to kind of combat that, especially if you're in public school. And with all the things that are happening today, public school, unfortunately, is corrupting our children to make this word that God created for the goodness of marriage between one man and one woman to corrupt it. And yes, we're talking about the sex word. The The public schools are saying you can do whatever you want at any time. As parents, I feel like, we truly have to get ahead of the game. Like this kind of stuff needs to be discussed even at a very young age. We can't wait until they're 13 and we've got problems. Like this right, stuff that's has the first, to. That's the yeah. first principle that, that I was gathering from the, the strong evangelical teachers on this, that it has to be a, a ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. This is not just a one-time awkward 20-minute talk with, with our teenagers. Right. This, this has to start almost from birth. Right. You know, and it's like, how in the world do you talk about the S word with with an, <laughs> with an infant? Well, that's right. where you just start to, start to get used to the conversation. That's where mm-hmm. you're going to teach your, your children body parts. These are your legs. These are your arms. You know, you're in the bath and you're like, ah, oh, this is your head, your ears, your toes. Right. Don't skip the other body parts that are hard to talk about, you know, and it's actually use the actual words for them, not euphemisms, 
but the actual words, just get used to saying the words that you never talk about. Right. But you need to talk about this stuff with your children. It just gets everybody, it's just, it's normal. It's, it's, you get used to the terminology. It's not disgusting. It's not shameful. It's not funny. You don't have to be self-conscious about it. But we do make the point that it is special. It is private. We don't show everybody these parts or talk to everyone about it, only family. So we're already laying the foundation for being comfortable with the terminology. There's a specialness about it, an exclusivity about it reserved only for family and your future, your future spouse. You know, at this age, we can start talking about Genesis and how God's designed for marriage and you have a mother and a father and God said to be fruitful and multiply and have children. And that's, yeah. you know, the, just talk about the family at this very young age, but very quickly, at least by the age of 10 or 11, we need to start transitioning to being very specific about the facts of life because the world is going to be specific about the facts of life. The The average age the child is exposed to very explicit sexual material is by age 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. So if we want to be the first and primary voice that speaks God's truth into their lives, we've got to start very early before 10 or 11 and transitioning to the actual facts of life. Yeah. Um, so we got we got to be we got to be on it and of course we talk to them while they're teenagers, several different conversations. We can still have those one-time talks where we just we think about a, a presentation, you know, we go on the camping trips and we talk about the S word and we have the date nights and things like that, where we have an organized presentation where we do mm -hmm. the promise rings and saving this for marriage. So, you know, you still have those very special one-time talks with your children, but it's not just one talk. It's that's part of a series of talks and it's less awkward because we've been talking about this all along, even from birth. Everything goes back to Genesis. I mean, everything they were talking about, marriage with one man, one woman. I mean, God intended it to be that way. And even Paul talks about that through the New Testament. So it is really important for us to really instill those biblical values in our children, like from birth, in the womb, actually, uh, having those scriptures played out. You know, a lot of parents that I've talked to, they feel a little uncomfortable using the right terminologies of the body parts. But I think with you and I, we made that decision, you know, with our daughter that we would talk about the body parts just as soon as they were born. We just started naming the names because that's, that's what it is. There is no shame. And that's what God created. We all have body parts. <laughs> so why do we mask them by putting like the word private part in front of it? Yeah. And you seem to be very comfortable with it. I mean, it's, it's not, it's obviously you're not self-conscious about it, which is a good tone to have because you don't want to portray that this is something we have to be self-conscious and right. really nervous about. It's just something we naturally talk about while still expressing to our child that this is not something you just go to kindergarten and start spouting off to everybody. Guess what these different body parts are, you know, and, right. you know, we still want to talk about that specialness exclusivity and we're not showing people these body right. parts and things like that. But I just love the comfortableness that I am not so comfortable with it. I still got to work on that <laughs> my, myself. 
but that that may be because I've got a daughter. You're working with the the right. same gender, but but even then, I think I'd have the same uncomfortableness with with the boy. But as parents, we've we've got to we've got to overcome that and not show that uncomfortableness that we have with that, so they feel comfortable coming to. That's the other thing. We're laying the foundation that they feel comfortable to come to us with absolutely anything, especially on this topic. Mm-hmm. So, like, just thinking through this, this isn't just something to think about like until they leave our home, like from zero to 18, this is a struggle. Like this is something that we have to talk about even into our adulthood. Like we have to protect ourselves. Yeah. This is a, this is a cradle to grave conversation. So we, we got to have that cradle to grave kind of a focus where, you know, when we're talking to our teenagers about this, we're not just talking about it as if they're the only ones that struggle with this, that we want to also approach the subject of early adulthood when they're out on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we how do we manage uh, the S word when when we're when we're adults and we're single? How do we manage it when we're engaged? We're not married yet. We still yeah. need to protect that for marriage have that conversation with them about that. And even while we're married, it's not like frustration or temptation or a host of other sexual issues are gone just because you're married. It's one of the leading causes of issues in a marriage and divorce. So it's a never ending issue. I mean, even elderly people, divorce is increasing among the elderly people that have been married 50 years and parents, uh, older people in old folks homes, um, have issues it's hard to believe, with, right? I know, have issues with <laughs> STIs. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're human still too. You know, and they have they have drives as well. So this is a lifelong struggle. We can talk about that with our children. This is not just a struggle you have. This is a struggle I have yeah. as your parent. I always always have to struggle with what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. protecting this in the for the realms of 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 marriage. It's good. We don't even think about that. Like. I guess, you know, for me, I wasn't even thinking about that. You think about these drives that are so high in teenage years, but you don't think about it like, okay, I'm going to struggle even in marriage or if I'm an elderly, like, I mean, these are great points. I, I really would have not thought these things, especially the older population. And we love the elderly. (laughs) So if you're listening, we love you guys. These are things that just aren't discussed throughout the the Christian community or even in conversations like this is really good. Right. And you know, it it has to be part also of our overall discipleship plan of instilling a Christian worldview and a heart of obedience and a yeah. relationship with with the Lord. I mean, the only time that we talk about the Bible is with the S word. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. I mean, this this has to be something where we want our child to have that strong heart for discipleship. The passionate Jesus followers, just show me yeah. what God's ways are. I want to do that. Yes. And so as part of that, and they have that instilled in their heart, then we also talk about the S word. And this is what God's design is uh, for the S word and and for marriage. But without that foundation, we're just going to be talking past them. We're going to be talking over, over their, their heads. We have yeah. to have our 30-minute if not more, but at least 30-minute family Bible studies where we just talk about God and having and and Bible knowledge and just and ta- and reading through scripture and talking about the Bible. And as part of that, we also have lessons on the S word. It's right. part of that Christian worldview training, discipleship, yeah. heart of obedience. I, I totally agree. And I know in our family that's something that we focus on and we really push just truth. We want 
the truth to be lived out in this home. And people have to be careful, like what you watch and what you see. Little kids' ears are listening. And also even teenagers. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff. And I know at a later time, we'll eventually talk about technology and how that impacts us. But we as followers have to really drive this because the world is going to steal our children. They're going to try. And we pray against the enemy trying to steal them. But he's going to do everything he can to entice. Right. When we're talking about the S word with our children, our primary focus needs to be on God's design for sex. You know, what yeah. is God's design? It's it's the sign and seal mm. of the covenant of marriage. I mean, yeah. a lot of times we lose fact, sight of the fact that marriage is a covenant. You take vows in church that this is for life. I'm going to marry this person for life yeah. um, in sickness or in health until death do us part, and you make vows of, of love and commitment. And then after that, you, you seal it with the That's sign good. and seal of that covenant, which is the S word. The covenants are so important mm. in, in the Bible. They're all over. Yeah. The, you know, we think of the old covenant and the new covenant are the two main ones, but you also have the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant. These God works through covenants, these agreements yeah. bet- between him and man or between man and, and man. And every covenant would always have a sign and seal for it. The Old Testament, it was circumcision. You, you, you showed that you meant business, that you wanted to be in this covenant and be yeah. a child of God and a member of the Israelite family by having circumcision. Mm-hmm. Oh, the new covenant is the same way with baptism. It is a sign and seal of the new covenant. You are saying through baptism, I believe in you and I want you and I want to be a part of your family. What what seals the deal, what, yeah. what shows that you mean business is that you, you profess in front of everybody through baptism that you're dying to your old self and then being reborn as a new person. Those yeah, si- so signs and seals of that covenant, Abrahamic covenant, and a lot of covenants, the sign and seal was sacrificing an- animals. The Hebrew word for making a covenant wasn't literally make a covenant. You cut a covenant mm-hmm. because there was always blood involved with the covenant. And both Abraham and God sacrificed an animal, cut up the pieces, and they walked through the pieces as a sign and seal of that Abrahamic covenant, which was a very common way of, of doing a covenant, which said, if I were to break this covenant, what happened to this animal will happen to me. That's mm-hmm. how important that is. And that's where marriage is a sign and seal. The sign and seal of the covenant of marriage is, is sex. That's how important that is. It's, it's reserved for that relationship and no other. It's, this, is, this is something that should not be done with anybody else whatsoever. It's reserved for that relationship that's special to that relationship only. It's the sign and seal of that marital relationship. Yeah, but the world doesn't understand that. You know that, right? Like they don't understand covenants. They don't understand God's covenants. They don't understand this beautiful intricacy of marriage, the oneness that God put together, like Adam and Eve. And then here we have marriages today because they're being broken they're being broken by deceit and all kinds of stuff. But it's really important for us to teach our children the marriage and the covenant and all these amazing things to reserve their bodies because their bodies are the temple. Like I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's preserved and you know, there's all kinds of controversies. And I think you and I've talked about it before where people are like, okay, the word pure and, 
remaining pure, you know, there's so much, and I know we'll discuss it at a, at a different time in a different podcast because purity and then virginity and all these things, it just all comes together. Everything you said is just, it's so, it's so prevalent to the the S word is, is the ultimate oneness. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's 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 intimacy. You're knowing someone like you know no other. You're seeing stuff and doing things that you do with absolutely no other person. You right. join, you're joining two two bodies. You know the Bible tells us that both Jesus and in Genesis that the, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. That Hebrew word for joined is like glue. You are becoming one with that person. Yeah. And the S word is is a sign and, and seal of that and and it as you as the act itself is is the ultimate act of intimacy knowing someone like no other and the result yeah. uh can very well be a child that's the other purpose for the s word is procreation jesus yeah. said god said be fruitful and mm-hmm. multiply and mm-hmm. you know the s words for that to produce godly offspring as malachi tells us that that's what god wants is us to produce godly offspring and increase uh his his kingdom it completes God's image. I mean, if you think about it, you know, awesome. the woman was made out of man. That's a special part of creation. The only time that was ever done is woman was made from man, pulled woman from his side. God, man was created in his image. He took half of that image away um, while creating woman, and then it comes back together during marriage and completes God's image. Not that single people are incomplete because we are all called to be single for a season and some are called to be single their whole lives and they are very complete because that's what God has called them to do. But for most of us, we are called to get married and complete God's image and, and procreate come one with another individual for the purpose of creating godly offsprings, mm-hmm. marrying another strong believer so we yeah. can disciple our children in the Lord and, and, and continue and increase God's kingdom. That is the purpose for the S word yeah. involved in marriage. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Me going through the covenant right now with some youth girls, it's just absolutely beautiful to even see from the beginning, like what you said, and to really disciple these girls to understand that, hey, you are made for a purpose and your body is to be protected. And we're not to just go out there and flaunt because there's there's so many things that I want to talk about, like modesty, because that's definitely with a trend and your clothing and, and being in style. It's It's so hard. And so that kind of entices either boys or girls to kind of surface those feelings of the S word. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure in this area, and that's the yeah. way God designed it. I mean, there's a very powerful drive, and that's mm-hmm. why he created it to be in the container of marriage. Uncontained, mm-hmm. it's a powerful destructive force. I, I love the analogies that are put out. The Bible uses the same analogies of fire and water. Fire is a powerful, great force for good when it's contained, uh, a campfire. These are examples that you can have when you're uh, with your children and having the talk. You go on a one-on-one camp, camping trip and you got the fire right there. Talk about the fire. You know how awesome it's like the nature's TV. Everybody sits around just kind of mesmerized and stares at the fire because it, it gives warmth, it gives comfort while you're out there in the dark and mm-hmm. in, in in the woods. But if it's uncontained, it'll burn down the whole forest. The yeah. same with water. It gives nourishment. It, it satisfies one's thirst. But when it's uncontained, 
in floods and hurricanes, it's destructive. It'll wipe out whole towns. So that's the same way with sex. It's, it gives warmth. It gives, it gives comfort. It's for pleasure within the container of marriage. Outside of that container, to just be wherever it might go is, is a very destructive force and causes a, a lot of issues. And that's why we want to maintain God's design. And God has a, a lot of – the Bible has a lot of harsh words for, for being outside of God's design. Everything outside of marriage is outside of God's design, whether it be premarital, mm-hmm. uh, extramarital, you know, the Bible, living together. The Bible calls this fornication, any kind of sex outside of, of marriage, homosexuality, mm-hmm. uh, even polygamy. Even though there's a lot of yeah. examples of it in the Bible, the Song of Solomon is a very strong message against polygamy. And in the New Testament, you're disqualified from church leadership if you have more than one spouse. Yeah. So there's an example of even a lot of strong biblical people in the Bible going with the culture instead mm-hmm. of God's design. And we can use that examples when talking to our children about we need to be culture proof. Don't go yes. with the culture. That's uh the Addisons that we love so much that we're quoting there to be culture proof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And there's there's other areas of being outside of God's design. Homosexuality, that's a big issue nowadays yes. with the LGBTQIA, LMNOP, whatever the, the current uh yeah. acronym is, that's constantly evolving and changing. So there's a lot of issues with that that's outside of god's design god has very strong words against against that the results you know being you know wrath and judgment and disease and unwanted pregnancy emotional harm some of these are natural consequences but some of these you know we can't discount god's judgment god is a righteous god there's also also judgment there definitely the judgment and as the believers we're a little afraid to kind of step out and say things that are uncomfortable like this with the S word and going against the culture, being culture proof, actually going against the LGBT movement because we believe in the sanctity of marriage, God's design, one man and one woman, and that's it. So to teach our children from a very young age to combat that, And also to understand the importance of waiting until marriage is so critical because like what you just said, I mean, you talked about different diseases, unwanted pregnancy or hiding um, the pregnancies and and having abortions, which is a huge problem in America. Yes. And we are to be like Ezekiel, the watchman on the wall. We have a, a duty to warn about oncoming evil and being outside of of God's design. But it's important in our discussions with our children, we don't lead with that. We want to lead and have our primary voice be heard on the beauty of God's design. We kind of take the Song of Solomon's approach where it just celebrates the S word within marriage. We want a high view of the S word. We want to present that to our children to where we want to inspire them that this is a beautiful thing that we want to reserve for yes. marriage. That needs to be our primary message. While we secondarily, hear me on this, though, we don't avoid this. I mean, that's where a lot of people make the mistake is I don't, even, I don't want, there's a couple mistakes that parents tend to make in this, in this area. They either avoid the issue of talking about the watchman on the wall and, and being outside of God's design until there's an issue with their, their child. And mm-hmm. then they bring it up and then they tend to pounce. Yeah. And they pounce with 
the watchman on the wall kind of things and God's judgment and fear and shame. And, you know, that's, we need to have been talking about this subject many times, celebrating the beauty of this long before there's ever an, uh, an issue. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our episode and I'm sure you have more to say about this, right? <laughs> yes. This is a, this is a big topic. It could be an ongoing conversation with us, just like it needs yeah. to be an ongoing conversation with, with our children. And that's the beauty of this. If, if we get stumped with questions from our children or we thought we didn't present something well, that's not the only conversation we're going to have with them. There's another conversation around the bend so that we can get our thoughts together a little more, maybe research something a little bit more and present something differently the next time. Yeah. So as we wrap it up for today, will we have a part two on this conversation? I think so, right? Yes. Um, We will have a part two on our next podcast. We just really pray that as our listeners, that you would consider these things and pray about them. We truly want to honor God. We want to raise passionate Jesus followers as the book that we have been studying for the last year. So we do give credit to that book as well. But also, not just that, our family really supports and stands on Deuteronomy 6, raising your children, being the ones who are the teachers, being the ones who talk about the word day in and day out, when we get up, when we go to sleep, when we walk on the way, like that is our critical state. We want to be parents who follow that. We want to be parents who desire God's will in our lives and in our children's lives so that we can raise the next generation. I think about Judges, I think it's chapter two, where it said, you know, after Joshua died, then arose a next generation that was even more wicked. And so we see so much wickedness in the world today, but we want to combat that. God has given us these children, our children, and we have to do everything we can to protect their hearts, to guide them in the way, the truth and the life, which is Jesus Christ, the only way to salvation. And in that, we speak truth. We speak about these difficult topics and we continue to pursue Christ and everything that we're doing. So we pray, we know that God's will will work out. We know, and we believe and we trust. So as we end this podcast, is there anything else you think our listeners need before we close out and then we go into our next podcast? Yeah, I was thinking that probably for the next podcast, we ought to focus on the LGBTQIA because that seems to be a, a very consuming topic. Yeah. So as we are being that watchman on the wall, secondarily talking about the evils and the problems of being outside of God's design, that conversation, you know, is going to very quickly turn to the topic of today, which is everywhere with the LGBTQIA agenda. No avoiding that. I know. As parents, we've we've got to address it. Our children are are going to experience everywhere on the TV. It's everywhere in our schools. Yeah. It's everywhere out in the open, celebrated. Um, but what does the Bible say about that? And how do we present God's message uh, in regard to uh, the LGBTQIA? Yeah. Well. We will wrap it up for today, but thank you for listening to our podcast, Kohler Mania, and we, Lord willing, will see you next time here as we glorify God and focus on family.